This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is Greg Olson, inviting you to check out my new Blue Wire podcast, TE1, where I interview tight ends throughout the history of the NFL who have helped revolutionize the position. TE1 is presented by the Chevy Silverado, The Silverado is all about grit. It's strong and dependable, exactly like playing tight end. Just like the incredible players we sit down with on the podcast, the Chevy Silverado is in a league of its own. Strong, advanced, and dependable. Download TE1 today wherever you listen to podcasts. Baker Mayfield, undraftable, off my board. The Cleveland Browns select Baker Mayfield. Welcome, everybody, to a Victory Monday edition of the OBR Film Breakdown Podcast. I uh, It's late. I almost butchered that uh, title right there, but, you know, we got lucky. We got through it. It's it's 1 a.m. I'm recording this. Usually stay up pretty late covering some different things. I'm going to have something up on the run game tomorrow with the OBR, so hopefully you can, can find some time to read that. should be pretty fascinating. This guy sort of diversity that the Browns are finding in their run game. I am going to thank our presenting sponsor, BetOnline.ag, your online wagering experts. Make sure you're going there and taking advantage of the welcome bonus using the promo code BLUEWIRE to uh, to get in on some football betting right now. Some pretty predictable patterns happening with all of these injuries. So exciting stuff, and uh, hopefully you take advantage and have, have done so. They've been with us for a while, so go to BetOnline.ag today. Uh, 34-20, Browns win. First thing I will say is do not um, get caught up in it didn't look pretty at times, all of that stuff, man. Don't worry about it. The Browns are for the first time in 84 games, over 500, 2-1. You can make excuses for it. You can make caveats about it, but just enjoy the wins when they happen. The only thing I think that stinks the most is that you know, it's only a season where 6,000 people can be in the stands because there's only been so many home wins since 1999, and two of those have happened now with only 12,000 people being able to witness them. So, uh, you know, like I said, enjoy enjoy Browns wins when you can. Could there be things to clean up? Sure, of course. But, uh, you know, you don't get enough of these. And uh, it's, it's good to see them going 2-1 and one when most thought that that was what, um, what the outcome would be here early in the season. So... Two and one heading into an important three-game stretch, uh, one that will define their early, early season here. Coming out of this, with um, you know maybe a three and three or four and two record, something like that would be ideal. Cannot lose the next three, obviously. So uh, you know, look to the to go into Dallas and play your best football and see what happens. But we're going to talk about this game 
for the here and now. Um, just a quick stat recap. The Browns go for 300 total yards. Washington goes for 309. Both teams run an equal amount of plays, 62 apiece. Pretty rare, right? Five yards per play for Washington, 4.8 for Cleveland. Cleveland outrushes Washington, 158 to 103. Washington throws for a few more yards, 206 to 142. But here is the difference in the football game, which I made pretty clear and everything leading up to this game is that whoever won the turnover margin was going to win this game and the Browns won it pretty handily 5-0 to zero, and that impacted 24 points on the scoreboard so four touchdowns for Cleveland a couple field goals uh, nice to see Cody Parkey kicking well that's always a welcome sight but yeah overall great game uh, in terms of taking advantage of opportunities when presented to them in the in the secondary other than Denzel dropping that early interception and like look man you got to make plays on the football. You have it in your hands. Yeah, you got hit, but of course you're going to get hit. You're you're pursuing the football in the air. Brace yourself, make the play. I'm sure Denzel would say the same. So, um, looking at stats for this one, Nick Chubb goes 19 for 108, two touchdowns. He's just a dynamic runner, man. In terms of just, he's he's not the flashiest guy in the world, but if you appreciate little nuances about running the football, he's he's just really fascinating to watch run the football and do so it at an effective clip as he. Goes uh, just into the office, man, and, and and runs 108 yards, like I said, two touchdowns, a couple big chunk plays, and really they closed with it in the fourth quarter, running some really fun guard-pulling schemes, some various things. Uh, and that department that we're going to talk about and break down tomorrow, and hopefully you find some time to read that. Uh, Nick, uh, is I don't know if Nick had a reception on the day. He did. I had one catch for two yards, but that's that's about it. Cremont goes 16 for 46, so nice balanced carry. Uh, discre- discrepancy there, 19 and 16, where Kareem makes his differences in the passing game. Where he has a couple catches for 18 yards and a touchdown. Did have that one first drive drop, but you know it's uh, it's not the biggest deal at the end of the world. Um, hope hope that may not not a big guys. It's late, man. Just just bear with me. And I thought Kareem was effective. He he didn't have any pop runs, but he did have a couple nice chunks. He had 11 yard run. They're late in the game on that final drive. Baker Mayfield, 16 of 23, 156, two touchdowns. Um, other than the third quarter lull, I thought he was pretty solid for the day. I mean, they only threw for 156, but, you know, when they jumped out and then they needed a drive to come back, he hit a big third down uh, to, to Odell on third and 13 or third and 12, something like that, made a throw. Uh, but for the most part, Baker was okay, I guess is the best way to put it. Going to gonna. gonna confirm that with the all 22 but you know still some things i need to see him clean up man and that's you know pocket step up pocket ability to to not drop your eyes and panic when things break down from the first read to your second read and the pocket is sort of being pushed into your lap that is what you need to see him clean up still need to see that happen it's not quite happening yet he's going to get the whole season to figure that out it'll 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 bear itself out over time with baker's next two years but it is something I just have to see get better, and hopefully that does come. But for now, it's not there, and he almost threw an interception that if Odell doesn't go up and knock it away from Troy Apke, it's uh, it's another nine, it'd be nine straight games of interception. But luck falls in his favor. He's due for some of those uh, lucky bounces on interceptions, uh, interceptable throws, I should say, and it, it, it works out, man. Look, it is what it is. I, I tweeted this earlier. I'm not trying to nitpick Baker, but trying to get them to the point where people understand that eventually the Browns want to win because of their first overall pick. Not not that you can, you know, you can win with Baker Mayfield, but you want to win because of him. Not with him, but because of him. It's not there yet. 
does he get there? Maybe. I don't know. But someday that, that might come. But for now, I don't know, man. It's just it's tough. He's not quite processing things. And again, moving in through and, and getting where he goes from read to read with comfort, it's still not quite there for me. Now, they can get him out and play action, and they can scheme up some things for him. They did not run much boot play action in this one. Really not much play action, effective play action in general. Uh, kind of a slow week in that regard. Uh, but... You know, Baker probably gets a C, C minus for the game, but he doesn't turn the football over, and that's a big deal when you watched Washington turn it over five times. Odell, four receptions, 59 yards. Jarvis Landry, four uh, receptions, 36 yards. Three for 25 for Hooper. I said Kareem, two for 18. Janovich, one for 13. Um, Harrison Bryant catches one three-yard catch, but it is his first career touchdown. Shout out to him. And then Nick has one for two. Defensively, Carl Joseph, who I thought played pretty well, has an interception, leads the team in tackles with six. Uh, Taki Taki also had six. Um, Carl Joseph, one of the few bright spots back there. Uh, not that consistent, but plays hard. He's very physical and fills a role for them and has provided some stability when they haven't had a ton of stability. So, Sandeo has five tackles, but uh, just an uninspiring type of play for a guy I don't think he was expected to have this bigger role but does have this bigger role and um, we'll see if they keep that in place four tackles for Miles Garrett two sacks hell of a game as usual game changing plays you know the key sack with the shirt grab another strip sack that results in a big moment of the game um, just a great football player Sheldon Richardson has a sack and he has four tackles and he's playing fantastic football um you know, alongside Larry Ogunjobi, who also had four tackles. Those two inside are playing really well, um, which is what you needed. You needed those two guys to play really well when, when you lost Andrew Billings and Jordan Elliott's doing a decent job when he rotates in. And the same can be said for, um, you know, the entire defensive line in general. I think they're playing pretty good football when they're allowed to get after the quarterback. There's some lulls here and there. Uh, they get accustomed to the football being out so quick. I think sometimes they don't always pin their ears back and go after like they should. But... For the most part, up front, playing pretty well. Kevin Johnson has three tackles. MJ Stewart has three tackles. Got to watch the film on a lot of these guys to see and confirm some things. Terrence Mitchell and Denzel Ward. I did not feel like those two were very sharp this game. Probably their worst game of the three so far. Didn't make any plays on the football that I was particularly all too fond of. And obviously Ward missed that interception. And Mitchell gave up a touchdown on sort of a little corner post there in the third quarter when Cleveland fell behind. We'll take a look at those guys later in the week. But, you know, what the defense did well is, like I said, three interceptions. You got Malcolm Smith making a key interception before half of the Browns capitalize and get a touchdown. B.J. Goodson makes an interception as well in the second half. Is they were able to make turnovers happen. If you can make turnovers happen, you can sort of swallow giving up 300-plus yards because you can get the football back to your offense enough. And that was where it was key that they made those plays in Washington Territory. And then, obviously, the return by by um, Carl Joseph, and, and, and those are the things that swing a game. You know, the Browns aren't electric on offense right now. They, they might get there at some point, and, but right now the defense needs to help them get them off the field a little bit. They're still being very vanilla, and this goes for both sides. I want to talk about this. The, the, and I, we talk about it with our, our guest, John Colosimo, later, but they're being very vanilla. I still think they're keeping a lot of things subdued. Maybe this is because guys aren't ready to handle it yet, blitz packages, Simulated fronts on 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 defense, some of those different varying coverage types. That I, I they're not, I'm not I'm not seeing it right now. They could get to it, but I'm not seeing it right now. So that infects things, and they're being very predictable and 
kind of just hoping that they can they can put a finger over all the all the holes in the wall and just sort of plug things and get enough stops and create some turnovers and that's kind of what happened what happened today offensively I didn't think they sequenced things as well as I wanted to see I kind of thought Stefanski ran into a weird route of play calling in the third quarter where they were throwing early but throws that Mayfield's not particularly all too strong with and caused them to fall behind the sticks and then they were predictably running on second down and and I just didn't love it. And they had to get out of that funk, and they got out of that funk when they finally went on a long touchdown drive to, to regain the lead and then closed it the way they were supposed to close it. I do like the schemes they're using run game-wise, but I just didn't love their approach to how he sequenced run-pass deception. Not the best thing. But again, I think they're being very vanilla. Not a lot of tight end screens, not a lot of pushing the football downfield on creative boots in terms of this game and and really game one and you got a taste of it a little bit in game two but i even didn't think in game two with cincinnati they were that creative a little bit but i think there's a lot of tricks in the bag still there for stefanski i'm sure if you had some truth serum in him behind closed doors he'd probably admit there's quite a bit to go to and it's a long season so you don't want to give everything away standouts for washington antonio gibson i think is going to be really good nine carries 49 yards a touchdown i think he's going to be good over time haskins I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know if it's going to work out for him. I, I, the, the way he doesn't transfer weight when he throws, he flicks it, doesn't see the field very well. Three interceptions, though, and all three of them were bad, locked on staring at people or just, just an inaccurate throw, especially on that one over the middle when they were they were driving again when Carl Joseph picks that football off. I, I don't know. Just not all too impressed with Dwayne Haskins. I wasn't before the draft. I remained uninspired about him. Didn't really understand all of the hype. And, um, you know, but I pull for him. He's an high State kid. I hope it works out. They're not giving him the best skill talent. Other than Terry McLaurin, who had four catches for 83 yards. Nacho Emman did have two touchdowns, 38 yards. Um, and, and he's okay. Logan Thomas, fine. Four catches for 31. McKissick, the other running back, 37 yards, three catches. They're just okay. They just don't have any, you know, pop-out, standout talent on offense. And I think that they're going to need some of that because I don't know what they're doing on that side of the football early. And I don't think they know is they kind of folded the game before it was over. They just kind of gave up. Defensive line, and ridiculously talented. Dayron Payne and Jonathan Allen are all over the field. I mean, Jonathan Allen had nine tackles for a defensive lineman, defensive interior lineman with a sack. Um, Sweat had a sack. Um you know, he, he played really well off the edge. They did lose Chase Young early, which is unfortunate because he's a lot of fun to watch, which that kind of stunk. But I think they also lost uh, Matt Ioannidis too. So they, they suffered some injuries that kind of held them up a little bit, but they're very talented defensively. They'll be fine. They can stop people, but they can't handle their, their team giving up, their offense giving up five interceptions, or sorry, five turnovers in any given football game, especially with that offense. They have to, like week one when they beat Philadelphia, they have to be the one creating turnovers and giving their offense short fields. So it was good to see that. So, um, you know, that's kind of the recap. I thought Cleveland started out pretty decently. I thought they were trying to avoid big mistakes, took advantage of the mistakes Washington made, which is what you want to see. Uh, like I said, I thought that they had a very vanilla game plan. I think they're going to try to throw some things at Dallas with their unexpected offensively I think they thought they could kind of be vanilla on both sides and get through this game it panned out that way that Washington played right into Cleveland's hands turned the football over a little bit and um, you know that that plays into what Cleveland wanted and it worked out and it put them in a good position to win the game when they were able to capitalize but I am I am really looking forward to both sides of the football throwing some more things 
creative things, creative blitzes, creative coverages, offense, more boot schemes, more more screen game. They have not been effective in the screen game at all yet, and they, they really were with Minnesota last year, so I'm hoping to see some of that. But shout-out to the offensive line. Shout-out to the two guards who are playing fantastic football. I thought Jed Will struggled a little bit. have to confirm it. Um, probably his worst game of the three so far. Jack Conklin seemed fine. But I thought Joel Batonio and Wyatt Teller continue to be so good, man. And they're pulling those guys and moving them and doing a lot with them. And they're responding so well. And both are playing really good football. I did not think the tight ends blocked all too well this week. We'll watch the tape and figure that out. But um, we'll do a quick recap. So we do these kind of immediate reaction. And then we'll do an all-22 recap later in the week where we also preview. We'll preview Dallas as well. But I like to get some immediate thoughts out there to you guys about this game, about the feeling around it. Enjoy it. Have fun with it. I think that's important uh, to do and to and to and. You know, you can be negative about this stuff, but at the end of the day, I think the Browns were pretty basic in their approach. And in that basic approach, they were able to get through this game without giving away too many creative things that they can do next week while also refining what they're good at. And and they're a running football team who can throw it when they need to and be creative off of that run game. And defensively, uh, you know, they're going to be a team that has been but don't break all year, get teams into long throwing situations and allow their defensive line to get back. To the backfield make plays miles garrett in the group and they are doing okay with that over the last two weeks it's not going to be a winning formula every week but some weeks will be better than others and this was an enjoyable one to watch before we get to our guests i am going to talk to you about two intro um um advertisers that we that we really are excited to have with us here at blue wire that's obviously pepsi you've heard me talk about them a little bit it's a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents fewer than one percent of one percent of one percent of people will ever play professional football but instead of entering the nfl they've joined another league the league of football watchers this football season will be different and pepsi's here to get you ready for your game day no matter how you watch pepsi's a refreshment and you need to power through any game because pepsi isn't made for those who play the game it's made for those who watch it pepsi made for watching football we appreciate pepsi and doordash as well Make sure that you guys do know that DoorDash has some great offers going on right now. You still need to order food out, but maybe you don't want to go sit in the restaurant. DoorDash is the app that brings the food you're craving right to your door. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside the door with a new contact contactless delivery drop-off setting. Choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, The Cheesecake Factory, Wink, and so many more. Many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery. You need to support them. They need to make their money. Go ahead and use DoorDash. Right now, listeners can get a $5 off offer. They go and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the code BLUEWIRE, all one word. That's $5 off your zero delivery fee and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter that promo code BLUEWIRE. Again, don't forget the promo code. That's BLUEWIRE. $5 off your first order with DoorDash. Now, we're going to get over and talk. I think it's important to hear someone else's perspective, too. Former host of this show with me way back when, John Colosimo, does a great job on his Nothing But The Dogs podcast. He's fantastic. Good friend of mine. Uh, swap stories about our, our sons that are growing up around the same age. Uh, good dude, good Browns analyst as well. So we're going to have him on. So let's get over that interview with John right now. John, we're doing a new segment, man, Rapid Fire Questions. We're going to bring on a guest every Sunday for this reaction pod. You're the first one, as it should be, rightfully so. Um, <laughs> we've, we've been talking for a couple weeks here about having you come on and chat. And and um, we've got three weeks of evidence now, finally. We didn't get any preseason, so we don't have any evidence of what we're going to be looking at. And 
you know, what the structure of this whole thing might be. So now we're, like I said, we're three weeks in. I'm kind of interested specifically today with what you thought about the offense in terms of struggled for a good portion of the game, fourth quarter, closed the door when they needed to and um, took care of business. But generally speaking, kind of struggled for most of the day. Where are you at with them today? What did you think of May- Mayfield's performance and um, kind of the collective group around him? All right, so here's how I would say it. I, I think this is probably going to be collectively for the offense uh, our worst graded day all across the board. Um, you know, I, whereas I think in week one, uh, I think everything worked except for Baker. Um, and I think in week two, everything was on point. And this is going to be somewhere in between there. But I think overall, I think uh, in terms of the entire offense, we're probably going to have our worst graded days across the board. The things that I would say is that, you know, I, I think Baker started off rougher than he ended. I, I think he settled down a little bit. I think maybe there were some mechanics issues that were a little uh, funky uh, as we started this game. I think he was sailing on a couple of things. Uh, just wasn't quite where he wanted to be. Um, uh, but I will say this, you know, from a positive note, uh, this is something that, you know, I was talking to Josh about that didn't make the on-time um, – or on record um, portion of our show is that uh, on a good note, uh, and I think this is good to point out is that uh, a lot of times Baker, I think over these last two years for better or for worse, you kind of knew what you're going to get pretty early on. I don't think you saw too much of a change. You know, he'd be a hot hand or, or he'd be cold or whatever the case. And I think you're getting a little bit of, you know, some mixed, um, things here now, which uh, on one hand, you'd say, well, that's not great. But on the other hand, he didn't start great today. And uh, I think he did settle down and, and do some good things as the as the game wore on. So, you know, uh, as I was saying to Josh earlier today, uh, we're not dropping dongs on the sidelines right now. But um, I think what you're getting that is a good thing is a little bit of the head coach's personality shining through where we're able to kind of stay a little more even keel and we can take a punch um, and, and have a counter punch where things aren't, you know, perfect. We're learning a new system, all that kind of stuff. Uh, But this is two weeks in a row where I think this team has taken a punch uh, from a team and come back pretty well. So, you know, while it's not where we want to be, I think that there are some good things to take away in that regard. Yeah, I think there's still uh, several elements of this offense. As, as far as what I watched last year in Minnesota, I, I, I really think there are elements of this offense that haven't even been unlocked yet. And I would go so far as to say, and I know I touched on this earlier, but I would go so far as to say that they, they are being pretty vanilla right now. Like, I haven't seen a ton of... Um, intricate boot screens i haven't seen a ton of intricate tight end screens i haven't seen a ton of intricate throwbacks off of boot like design throwbacks off of the boot and today um you know there was the throw that everyone wanted to why didn't he throw it to natson on the wheel well that's got to be tagged man like that's got to be called <laughs> in the huddle you can't you can't just roll your quarterback the opposite direction and expect him to throw that unless you tag it to throw it like it to, to draw Agreed. his attention so you can't throw that i mean that's just like backyard football people claiming for that so it's like you know, I, I just my my general vibe is that they have found some run schemes that they're very good at. They like them. They haven't even really unlocked wide zone a ton. They've run it some, but not a ton. I, I'm going to look at the data from Sports Info Solutions, but 
I don't think they've run a ton of wide zone in terms of what I was expecting them to run. Running a lot of power, a lot of counter, a lot of G schemes. And uh, like I said, I think there's a lot of stuff left in the bag for them to unveil and really shoot tendencies for a loop. So they have to get better at refining their quick passing game. Don't think there's any doubt about that. They're not not quite as, as effective as I would like them to be throwing on first and 10 from the gun. And I think that put them behind the eight ball in the third quarter, which was a miserable offensive quarter. Yes, they put, them, they put themselves behind the gun, right? Like they can't, if you're going to do that, you have to baker in your mind, man, like know that if I can't throw one and I can't get to two, have to make sure that we're going into the second and 10 and not second and 17 or second and 20 when you throw a, you know, an intentional grounding or take a bad sack <laughs> or yeah. whatever. That's got to, that's got to be speed that stuff up. And some of that stuff happens in the preseason and you know, but he's got to be smarter there. And I think that's going to be a heavy coaching point for the most part. I'm with you though. Offensively could have been worse. I was really pleased with how they closed the game. And that's two, you know, you talk about that, John, that's two um, games in a row where they've closed strong. You want to be able to see your team, take the will of the opposing defense and close them in a fashion that puts the foot on the neck right and you're out the door with a win and I like them too you know obviously the defense created several turnovers but capitalizing on those turnovers and not kicking field goals that's important you have to in the NFL get points touchdowns off of you know big swing momentum plays so th- those were those were very big so we'll shift the defense man because I just talked about these turnovers Obviously, and this I'm going to say the same thing, man, before I dish you the question, which is I think they're being really vanilla on this side, too. They're not using any kind of intricate blitz schemes at all. Like, I'm just not – I'm not watching them, and they're like, oh, man, that was a really fun fire zone they just threw at them, right? Like, they, they were so vanilla with Haskins today. And I, I do think that they said, hey, we can get through the first three weeks, 2-1, and 3-0, and being very plain and then from there we can try to break tendencies as we go so I think there's I, I think there's a little bit of that going on I'm hoping where are you at with the defense in general yeah I'm hoping that that's the case too um and I agree with you 100 percent. They, they have been super super vanilla uh, I mean they haven't even really been stunting much or or, or even like think as, as simple as that um and they've been in a tough spot you know we've had a lot of starters out um and that's out of a group that you know, at least for sure in the back seven, that's just, there's not a lot of beef there to begin with. Once you lose a Grant Delpit, um, you know, once you get past the Denzel Ward. Uh, so I'm waiting and seeing as far as what we got there. Now, I am a proponent of, uh, you know, the idea of trying to make a little bit of a splash and maybe bringing in a, an Earl Thomas. But I'm also, I think after three weeks and after having this 10 days, I think I'm resigned to the fact that we're going to have what we're going to have this year and there's not going to be any kind of saviors coming in. So um, I, I'm looking for Joe Wood to show, you know, to, to show me something and um, we just haven't seen it yet. And I, but to be honest, you know, looking at a Dallas coming in here, you know, that is a potent offense that's going to be tough. Like on one hand, it's not going to be a Redskins offense where um, they're getting them rid of the ball in two seconds every time. Or, um, you know, so our defensive line, which is our strength, may have a little more time to work. Um, but, you know, right now, this back seven looks pretty rough, you know, and I'm not entirely sure why Harrison hasn't gotten a little more play. Um, I'm not sure while we watched, I know we had some splash plays, but all in all, I'm still very not impressed with our linebackers. I'm not entirely sure why we didn't see a little Mac in here if he's active. 
we have him active for. Um, so I, I, I think he's got his work cut out for him um, in terms of making something happen here. And I'm hoping that we see a little something different. But I think realistically, this is going to be something that we're going to be fighting against for the whole year. And uh, there's going to be some rough tests. Uh, and I, I think this might just be, you know, especially with the Delpit injury to start this thing off. I, th- I think it was kind of critical. I think that was like a pretty, you know, pretty big blow for us. So uh, it might be a little bit of a rough year where we don't have the answers that we need and we're just going to have to try and, and, and do the best with what we've got. I think that's a great point, John, which is that there is no, we're getting all these guys back from injury. Well, okay, cool. Nice. I don't see Greedy Williams as an upgrade over Terrence Mitchell, so what are you going to move Greedy inside? Greedy's never been an inside guy. You're going to move right. Denzel inside? I mean, you know, there can be some benefit to that if you're facing somebody who has a ridiculously talented slot and a ton of 11 personnel, but I don't want Denzel playing inside all the time. Okay, so then you look at who else do they have to come back. Uh, I mean, Olivier's pretty solid, but there's not a big drop-off to Adrian Claiborne in any form or fashion, and Porter Gustin's playing well. It just adds depth. It's just adding depth. It's like, you know, is Mac Wilson an upgrade? I don't... <laughs> I don't think so. I mean, he's he's okay. <laughs> he, he, there is no reinforcement coming. And even if Grant Delpo was healthy, it does help relieve the burden of what Anderson Dejo's putting on tape. But it's like, I I don't know, man. I I don't I don't know what they're gonna. They have to start getting creative. They're just allowing teams, and that's okay. Like I said, they said going into this game. Listen, I watched two, these two Washington games, and I'm sorry, man, they were terrible. Like I could just, the, the Wentz, Wentz, Wentz handed them some some terrible interceptions and could not hit a throw, and it mattered. And they they scored a couple cheap touchdowns and beat Philly, who we obviously see that Philly's not very good in any way. So I watched it. And I'm like, all Arizona did, because the only way they scored on Washington was short fields. All Arizona did was man them up and dare Dwayne Haskins to beat man coverage. He couldn't do it. They just can't do it. And I thought Cleveland obviously has a much better defensive front. So I was like kind of eager, like walk down in their face and burn them. And you saw what happened when Cleveland tries to do that. That's what Arizona has is a really athletic second level of their defense in terms of Isaiah Simmons and, and uh, uh, God, I didn't think I was going to have to think of Arizona's players off the top of my head. Uh, linebacker types help me out really fast. I sound uh, I sound like an idiot right now. Uh, Hassan Hassan <laughs> Hassan Reddick. I think I think it's Hassan Reddick. They have a couple other guys in their second level that run really well, and they can cover. And BJ Goodson in the right place a lot of times, but just cannot stop his body momentum and break down and make a tackle. Um, Sione Takitaki just does not have a very great feel for it, and in space can get burnt uh, far too easily. So it's like. I think it obviously works because eventually Haskins has to drive the football downfield and you dare them to do it enough and he just made mistakes and that's fine. But like Dak, that's not going to happen. You know, they play Indy and Rivers will burn them when given opportunities to burn them. And I know Phil isn't the old Phil, but he's going to have opportunities to burn them. And then it's like, then you're facing Roethlisberger, who's not what he used to be, obviously, but he's cerebral as far as being able to see what you're, you're throwing at him. And they have... Really, really good wide receiver skill talent. They're gonna, they're gonna be a problem. Eric Ebron's a problem. So these next three weeks, and again, I'm hoping, man. Like I'm really hoping. I don't know. Ronnie Harrison. Uh, can, can you get? Kev- I gotta look at the snaps. Like how much did MJ Stewart play? How much did 
Kevin Johnson play. I saw them on the field. Some it's so hard to track defensive snaps in live games, man. Like it's there's just so much going on so fast. So that's going to be like an all twenty two rewatch. But I I just need to figure out how they're going to do some things. Like is Harrison going to see an uptick? Is 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 Kevin Johnson going to help? Is if Greedy comes back, where's Greedy playing? What are they doing? Because they got to find a way to keep Terrence Mitchell on the field. So. They got to get creative, man. I don't know, and I'm again. This is just me, fingers crossed. But I'm hoping that Joe Woods is able to to sort of change, tweak, throw some things at Dallas they haven't seen before. Because that group between Zeke, those three wide receivers, Gallup, CD, and Amari, <laughs> that's as good as it gets in the NFL. And Dak is playing really good football, man. So like, um, yeah, it, and I'll, t- I'll say this too. Like, uh, you know, part of the thing watching today was. You know, I was wondering why they were giving these guys, especially on a, a short uh, field type offense that they run, why they were getting so much space. But then those rub rounds were working beautifully. You know, the only thing they had was uh, was McLaurin, and somehow, like he got he got free. And I knew every time he got free, I'm like, that's got to be a rub route. And then they, you know, they show the replay, and sure enough, that's what it is. Well, we got to be better than that. You know, even even in the simplistic terms. We got to be better at handling that kind of stuff. It's um, it's going to be interesting because is is, <laughs> I was I was really hoping Dallas would win that game so they would sleep through sleepwalk through through Cleveland coming in there, but but they need this win now. They can't go to one and three, and they know that, and and uh, they're going to be hungry. They're not very good defensively. You can obviously beat them consistently with precision Agreed. play action and. And uh, you can certainly run the football on them. So it could, if Cleveland wins it, it might get high scoring. Dallas is never out of a game. Their 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 quick strike ability with these three receivers and Cedric Wilson had a ridiculous game. So they go four deep at the position. I know. I think Blake Irwin is hurt. I think they're they're a little beat up at tight end, but it doesn't matter, man. And and they find ways to get Zeke in space. And we all know how dangerous he is. So. I don't know, man. Early look at them. Where, where? How do you feel about it? Are you uneasy, or do you feel pretty good going into that one? No, I'm uneasy uh, because, generally speaking, it's it's not that um, uh, I don't think we're going to be able to move the ball around. Uh, but this isn't really, in my opinion, at least at this stage in the game, this is not an offense built at this specific point in time for a shootout, in my opinion. So whether or not we can use it to, to control the ball. Um, maybe that's a, a route that they go, but you know, specifically speaking, no, the, the way this defense is playing, no, I don't, you know, I don't feel good about this matchup and it's a way where, you know, we're in Dallas. So I don't love how I feel coming into this game personally. No, I, I don't either, but they, you know, this is, this is the thing you get a little confidence going in some of these guys and, Dallas's defense isn't very good, and you, you you know things bounce weird sometimes. And, and Dallas could also be feeling a lot of pressure, like we have to get this game, and that can lead to some poor decisions here and there. And they're still beat up up front. I think Zach Martin played went from center to right tackle. I think they're moving people around. They're trying to figure it out up front. They're overcoming it because they're able to get their good guys in space and let them let them kind of ball out. But no, but uh, and I do feel good about that matchup. You know, this is not your you know last year's or the year before's Dallas Cowboys uh, offensive line, yeah. you know, and like I said before, it's not going to be your two second offense. So our defensive line, the way they're playing should have some time to work and probably can make some plays. And I, that would be maybe where I look for a, a game changing player to uh, which in a shootout, maybe that's all you need. 
I'm with you, man. I think this will tell us the coaching staff. This is a game where you want your coaching staff to uh, to rise to the occasion, have a really, really good defensive game plan, and have some ways to to really particularly dissect Dallas's defense, which is vulnerable in several several key areas. So um, this should be fun. And again, I do think this game will tell us quite a bit about where this coaching staff is schematically and with personnel and all of that. And they know they got to get. At least one. Maybe they would love to get two of these next three, so don't get ahead of ourselves. But they're sure. they're they're looking at these next three are pretty challenging. So they gotta they gotta figure out some ways to think outside the box and I don't know, I have faith that they'll they'll come up with some interesting stuff. So John, buddy, my friend, thanks for coming on. This is fun. Yeah, thanks, Jake. I always have a good time talking to you. All right, huge shout out to John. Thanks for joining us and, and giving insights late at night, like I do. I'm weird, stay up late. And, um, again, enjoy this win, guys. Enjoy this win um, because we don't get enough of them. And maybe there will be a ton more this year. I don't know. Maybe this is a new trend. I, I do like this coaching staff a lot. And I think they're going in the right direction in the front office too. But enjoy the here and now. Take advantage of this good feeling. Big game with Dallas coming next week. We'll talk all about them here in the coming week. Should be fun. Uh, we appreciate you always listening. Could you drop a five-star review for us? We'd really appreciate that. Leaving a, a nice write-up review would be awesome as well. Uh, the OBR Film Breakdown does a ton of work. Check out our YouTube channel, which is up and rocking. We have one film up every week. Going to break something down important. We did Baker Mayfield Week 1. We did Play Action Boot Schemes Week 2. Who knows what we'll do Week 3. Make sure you're following that. Join us at the OBR. Always love that. Great deal going on. 60% off offer right now. Um, and make sure you're checking out the regular Orange and Brown report that we come out with. And Jared Mueller's hosting. He's doing a fantastic job with that. I'll join him after we study All-22. So, again, more to come later. We'll talk later in the week as we talk about Dallas some all 22 recaps hope you guys have a great Monday and a great beginning of your week until next time go Browns